0: Until he arrives in the fullness of his brightness. The first time he arrives, it's with one star. But the next time he arrives, he brings the whole sun. And he brings it as a statement to say, darkness is about to be destroyed. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Well, we just finished up the Presence Driven Life series, and we're entering into a brand new series that's going to bring us in through the new year. And it's a very simple series. It's got a good title. I like it. It's a series called Jesus. That's the series right there. (laughs) This is the Jesus series. And each week, I'm going to look at a different aspect uh, of Jesus, his life, and his ministry. Today, I want to look at how Jesus is the light. And the goal of this series is that we would explore the life of Jesus and that we would evaluate our lives, our ministry, in his footsteps. And so I'm really excited to uh, extend this into the next year. And I pray that not only do we learn more about Jesus, I pray that we become more like Jesus as we go through his life. Amen. Amen. Are you ready for the word of God this Sunday morning? you ready? Turn to your neighbor say, you got to get ready. He needs your amens today. <laughs> you can turn your Bible to John chapter 8, verse 12. There should be a Bible right in front of you. If, if you don't have it, I would love for you to bring a, a Bible with you. If you, don't, if you need a Bible, this one right in front of you is yours. John chapter 8, verse 12. And as you're turning there, I want to read to you two other scriptures. And then we're going to end in, in John 8. We're going to start in the book of Isaiah prophet Isaiah speaking about the coming of the Messiah in Isaiah chapter 9, a very famous portion of scripture. This is where we get that, uh, that phrase for unto us a child is born. But Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, it says this. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. John chapter 1, writing about this light. In verse 4, he says, In him, him being Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Come on, how many can celebrate that truth and that reality this Sunday morning? One last verse in John chapter 8, verse 12. The Bible says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of Christ overcomes the darkness of death, and he brings life to those who follow him. Jesus is the sole source of spiritual life. If you need life, in your spirit, in your mind, in your body. It is from Jesus and Jesus alone. He is the light that brings life. Can you say amen? Amen. Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, right now, we give this moment to you. God, we ask for you to come and speak directly to us, to our families, to our futures. God, I pray that your word and your word alone goes out today, Lord God. Uh, No other mixture, no other distractions, but right now we give room and space for the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus, and speak to your people. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen, amen, amen. When I was in Bible college in Seattle, I had a friend who grew up in Alaska, and he would tell us wild tales of bears and survival. And And one time he was telling us about the seasons in Alaska, and he was talking to us about how summer there is essentially kind of endless. Like the, the sun goes down, but there's no real night. It's just sort of twilight, and it's bright all night long. And, and for some people that move there in the summer, it really messes with them, throws off their, their, their body clock and everything, and they, they struggle with insomnia because it's so strange. But he said, but when you live there, you know, you, you, you party all night, and then you work all day, and then you party all night. You go fishing and hunting and have bonfires, and that's pretty much all you can do in Alaska, those three things. And uh, <laughs> he said, but winter is brutal, it's absolutely freezing cold beyond what you can imagine. sub-zero temperatures. It's brutal. So much snow, it never ends." He said, "But the worst part, worst part, is the fact that it's dark all the time. For months on end, he said, you get a little bit of light during the day, but the sun barely breaks the horizon. And even at that, only for a few hours until it dips back below the mountains again. And he says, and all there is is darkness and depression and it's sickening. And I was like, man, how did you survive? How did you live like that? I'm blown away. I couldn't. How did you do it? In the most, like, nonchalant manner, you go, eh, yeah, you get used to it. <laughs> no big deal. I wonder how many people have gotten used to living without life, just living without the light that brings life. I wonder how many people have just accepted it, normalized it, taken it as maybe even the reality of what life is. Say this is living, it's lightless, and it's how we exist. I wonder how many people in this room have gotten used to it. I wonder how many people on this earth are living a lightless life. See, the people people that Isaiah was speaking to have, have gotten used to living in darkness the Bible actually says that when he begins to prophesy to him, he says the people walking in darkness. But then later on in the verse, he says now the people living in deep darkness. You see this process? First, they were walking in darkness, but now they've settled in darkness. They've, 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 they've put their roots down. They've accepted it. They, they, they're used to it. This is, this is like what, what the psalmist talks about in Psalm 1, where he says, at first... He said, blessed is the man who does not essentially settle in darkness. He says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the way of sinners or stand amongst the ungodly or sit in the seat of the scornful. What is he showing? He's showing that there's always a progression to darkness. There's always a process to sin. And Isaiah is speaking to these people. and He said, at first you were walking. At least you were looking. At least you were alive. At least you were hoping. At least you were moving. But by the end, you're living and the darkness has grown deeper because the reality is if you do not contend against darkness, darkness will begin to win out in your life. And the depths of darkness, the depths that humanity can get to are very dark and they are very deep. And this is the place that the people of Israel, don't forget what Israel is supposed to be, a light to the nations, supposed to be God's children. And yet here they are not just walking in darkness anymore. They're living in it. They're used to it. Do not become accustomed to living in spiritual darkness. This is not who you are. This is not what your calling is. This is not what your designation or design is. And make no mistake, it's not just the people of Israel that can get accustomed to it. We can get accustomed to living in spiritual darkness. But I am here today to tell you, just like God had a plan for that great nation, God has a plan for this great nation. And though darkness tries to come, may there be torchbearers in the church that contend for light. May you refuse to accept darkness as your lot in life. Because there is a great promise that Isaiah says, though you are walking in it, though you are living in it, a dawn is coming for your life. So don't get used to darkness. It is not your spiritual inheritance, light is. Light is. Life is. You were meant to live in a different kingdom, but you must contend for the kingdom of light. In other words, you must continually throw off the yoke of darkness that always tries to creep back on you. You used to be convicted, but now you're numb. That's darkness. You used to hear the voice of God, but now there's silence. That's darkness. You used to have vision and passion and hope, but now you don't really care. That's darkness, and that is not your inheritance. That is not your calling. And one more, that is not God. That is not what God has for you. He has for you to be people of conviction. He has clarity and and, and the word for you. And make no mistake, he has vision and passion for your life. We will not be people who are willfully blind. We will be ones that search and seek the light of life. Because we walk a different way. The Bible talks about the way of the wicked in Proverbs. It says, but the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They don't even know what makes them stumble. They 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 can't even figure out. See, once you're living in darkness and and, and, and once that's become your abode, you even forget what the light used to look like. You stumble and trip through decisions, through life. And the word says, this should not be you. This should not be us. There's a better way to walk. This week I was walking through the church uh, in, in one of the lower levels, and, and there, was no, there was no light down there, no windows, no light source whatsoever, and I was rushing, and, and I, I walk this, this hallway every day. And, and so, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm used to it. I feel like I know this place. But full speed, I hit an object that was placed in the hallway, the black, pitch black hallway with the pitch black object, and I, I collapsed over it right Gut level, you know? It's like I got hit by the Patriots O-line. I collapsed. Got the wind knocked out of me. I was embarrassed. No one saw it, but I was embarrassed. You ever feel that? Like, just shame. Like, oh my goodness. You know, I'm looking for cameras. Like, did they... They're going to put this online. I know they're going to put this online. (laughs) so embarrassing. I couldn't figure out what on earth this would even be. Until I took my phone out and the light revealed someone put a table in the middle of a hallway. Chairs. A nice selection, you know. I felt like it was a trap. Personally, I felt like it was an ambush. They knew I was walking this hallway. But it wasn't until there was uh, it wasn't until there was light that I could even see why I was stumbling. I needed another source to even understand the situation. See, see that God is so good. The Holy Spirit is so good that He even gives us, by His grace, the ability to evaluate evaluate our life, evaluate our mistakes. It's not that you won't stumble, but you won't not know why you're stumbling. So when you make a mistake, the Holy Spirit will come with light and say, you see what you said there, you see what you did there, you see, you see how you got yourself in that situation, you don't have to live like this. Which means you can become better, dare I say it. You could be livelier, you, you can live a life that isn't consistently broken. Your decisions can have light shed on them. Some people live in a a consistent pattern of self-sabotage. They continue to screw up their own life, self-destructive tendencies, and they don't even know that they're doing it. And they're blaming everybody else for their problem when really, it's you. But how will they know? Unless there's another source that can show them, hey, here is some patterns and tendencies that you need to get out and you need to bring in a new way to live in. Some people make consistent, foolish decisions and they think the universe is conspiring against them when in reality, you don't have wisdom to apply. Well, how do you get wisdom? You gotta get light. You gotta get light so that you can walk a different way, walk a a different path, and get a different result from your life. Amen? You need a light source. You need a light source. You need a light source. You, you, so many people are like a bulb without a socket. They, they have the, the form but no function because they're not connected to a source. You need a source. And Isaiah says of the people, they were living in darkness, but here's the promise. A new light has come. A light has dawned. This is the gospel that Christ came to bring a new day. He came to bring a new day for humanity a new day for his people, and a new day for you. And we know that the Bible says his mercies are new every single morning. He comes to bring forgiveness, grace. He is generous with his light. So there might be darkness in Egypt even, but there's a light in Goshen, and there's a light in your dwelling that you serve a greater kingdom. And I pray that the church is like a lamp that is set up, that though there may be darkness, darkness in the nation all around, that we have the moral high ground, not because of our superiority, but because of Christ's supremacy, and his eternal flame rests on his church. May there be light in the house of the Lord for civilization. But who does it come from? How do we acquire this light? It's not about doing better or even wanting it more. There has to be an intervention. There has to be an invasion of sorts. There has to be a disruption of the kingdom of darkness. Because, see, that's the kingdom that reigned over the earth until Jesus came. But when he arrives, he arrives to bring change. I would even say he arrives to challenge the established order and to establish a new kingdom. And Jesus stands up and makes this unbelievable proclamation. He says, I am the light. you got to understand that I am phrasing. That's, that, that's the phrasing God uses when Moses says, who should I say sent me? God says, tell him I am sent me. So in other words, Jesus is saying, I am God, and I am the, <laughs> I am the one that spoke the light. In fact, even more than that, I am the light. And, and then he goes on to say, of the world. So it's not just for the few. And the then, I'm the light for everyone, always. This is a big statement. This is a statement that says darkness no longer gets dominion over humanity forever. This is a challenge from the Almighty. And it's one that's backed by authority. Jesus alone is enough. And so he is coming against the forces of darkness, the fallen angels, that spiritual realm. And with this proclamation, it is a flag in the ground that all those that desire the light can rally to him. And he says, whoever follows me will no longer have to walk in darkness. I'm thankful that Jesus, it's like built in here. He's already lifting. You're not even going to live in it. You're not even going to walk in it. You get to walk with me. And you'll not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. The reality is, there is no life without light. I mean, consider the ecosystem that we see all around us. The process of photosynthesis, which is the building blocks of all living, starts with light. Light is necessary for oxygen, it's necessary for water. You need light. I mean, consider your own body. What light does, you know that light regulates the human body. It regulates the vitamins that you need. It regulates your circadian rhythms, your sleep. It regulates even your vitamin intake. And some of you need some vitamin D, just free advice. (laughs) This comes from light. I was talking to someone uh, after second service who served the church for many years, and and he moved down to Florida, and I said, how are you doing? He goes, man, I feel 10 years younger. You know why? The sun baby. (laughs) I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. We get it. The light creates creates the atmosphere for life. I mean, think even about the universe. It was initiated by light, and it is powered by light. Data moves through light. Energy moves through light. Light is necessary for life. Jesus arrives, and he says, I am the light. I bring life, and I am here to bring supernatural and spiritual recovery to my people who were broken down in darkness. We know what it looks like if someone is isolated in darkness for a long time, their body breaks down, their mind breaks down, isolation gets at them, and and they become so much less than who they really were supposed to be. But also we know those that live in the light. And we see rejuvenation, and it is shown on their skin and on their mind and on their words. And Jesus says, I'm here to do that spiritually. Do you know that they've created new studies that show the effect of light on recovery? Uh, Of muscles and recovery in in your body after a workout or after an injury, they have uh, LED technology, infrared technology. That if they focus light with a certain amount at a certain place, that it opens up the blood vessels. It literally begins to affect your muscles and it brings healing. So where there used to be surgeries, light is bringing elevated levels of healing. There, there is no life without light. But know this: Jesus came and said, "I'm here to bring recovery to you. Sight to the blind." I'm here to awaken your soul. And maybe there's been some hurts, some failures. Maybe there's been some disease in your heart, and your soul. Jesus says, I'm coming here to bring some pointed light into those places. I'm here to bring light to the place where there has only been darkness, maybe even sickness, where there has been injury and there needs to be healing. Jesus is the light that does the deep work. He does the deepest work. He comes to bring life back into your body. For there is no light without life. The Bible says in James chapter 1, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and is coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So not only does Jesus bring the light, I mean, note this, not only does he bring light for humanity, he, he brings consistent light. He's not a priest or a prophet here today and gone tomorrow. He's not, it's not just good philosophy or a well-written manuscript. He, he is light that is eternal and unchanging. He is consistent, which thankfully he is because we are not. So we need for him to be the provider because if it's up to us, we are not going to make it. We can't cross that divide. But he is consistent with his, his light. You ever notice how the lights around here flicker on, on Sundays? you think you don't notice? I notice you noticing. When it flickers over you, a whole section's like, what happened? We're working on that. We're working on it. We're trying to get new lights. But do you know that there is no flickering in the light of Christ when you falter? There is no interruption of his power. There is no interruption of his nature. The Bible even says in heaven, there's no sun, there is no moon, there is no stars, there's only Jesus. He is the source of all light, the only thing that you need. Thank God, because that means that he is not standing by the door next to the off switch watching your week. What'd they do? Where are they at? Who are they talking to? What'd they just say? Turn the light off. Shut down the grid. Hit the breakers. That's not God. God's not standing there with an eternal dimmer saying, nah, let's bring it down to two. I saw how they worship. Bring it to two. That's not God. Nah, they're church Christmas. See you Easter, buddy. Bring it to one. That's not God. That's Jordan. No. <laughs> he's not just good. He's consistently good. God all by himself is who we could not be. Does what we could not do. And he says to us, now, now walk with me. This is his invitation. Follow me. What is he saying? He's saying stay close to the source of light. And if you stay close to the source, it will change your journey. He is a good guide. And he is is holding a lantern with an eternal flame. And if you will follow him closely, he will lead you down the paths of light. The enemy is over in the corner, and he's constantly trying to draw you down dark paths, dead ends, weird places. He's trying to entice you into into seedy areas. Come down here. There's a mystery. Who knows what you'll find? I'll tell you what you'll find. Death. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, death. He wants to bring you into traps, draw you into destruction. But if you stay close with the source of light, then every step will have clarity. I'm not saying it will be easy, but it will be clear. I was watching a conference yesterday where they brought up a man from China who was at this conference. 25 years he stayed in a Chinese communist prison simply because he was a Jesus follower. 25 years of physical darkness, but 25 years of spiritual light. And now that man stands as a testament, as a lightning rod, as a lamp to show us it might not always be easy, but it is worth it. And even through the difficulty, there will be clarity because you're walking with the light. This this is what David said in the Psalms. He says, your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. I don't have to stumble around hoping I make it to life. Now I know the source, and he shows me the way. He holds the eternal flame that brings me to light. Darkness could not do this. Martin Luther King says darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Tolkien says evil cannot create. It only can corrupt, and it only can destroy. There has to be a better way than humanity. There has to be a better way than your feelings. There has to be a better way than what other people are doing, and that way is also the truth. He is also the life. He is Jesus Christ himself, and he will show you a brighter path. Proverbs 4.18, this is the the second part to the Proverbs we read earlier. He says this, but the path of the righteous... We know the way of the wicked is deep darkness, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter until the full day. How many people want to walk a path that shines brighter and brighter in their life? I pray your mind grows brighter. I pray your speech grows brighter. I pray your smile grows brighter. You get rid of that New England scowl. It's not that cold. We don't live in Alaska. I pray there's a brightness on your presence. I pray there's a brightness in your dwelling. I pray there's a brightness on your children. I pray there's a brightness on your reactions. You say, oh, I'm not trying to be perfect. No, we know you're not perfect. We got that. Not perfect, but bright. That there's a language that's bright. That there's a hope that's bright. That there's a walk that's bright. There's decisions that bright that you don't have to live in a seedy, dark realm, but the way that you walk grows brighter and brighter. I pray that 10 years from now, you are better than you are right now. I pray you're better looking. You're making better decisions. I pray you've got a better relationship, home life, family life. You say, oh, that's not possible. It is. I'm living proof. Stupid joke. No, 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 I, I don't believe life has to end in nihilism and defeat. I don't agree that darkness is our inheritance. I, I believe that the word says you will get better and brighter until there is a day where you will shed your body and you will shed your sin and you will shed death. And you will walk into a place of eternal light. And you will join the glory of the angels. There will be no darkness. There will be no sickness. There will be no addiction. There will be no burden. For you are in the glorious light of Jesus Christ. This is your portion. This is your inheritance. And this is why we follow him. Into the brightness of day. And so this promise for the whole world is the promise for us. This truth is the truth for us. The Bible says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In the end, Jesus establishes his kingdom of light. And where there is light, there's always hope. If you were lost at sea, surrounded by darkness, if there was light, there was hope for rescue. And for so many that have been so lost for so long know that when Jesus arrived, he brought light as an announcement that there is now hope for humanity. Think of it. When God is going to make this announcement, he says, put a star in the sky over Bethlehem because I want my announcement to be proclaimed with light. Hope has arrived. There's a new kingdom. And the wise men follow this light. For two years, they follow this light. You know, it's interesting that light never moved. It never changed. It never faltered. It never turned off. You can follow this light with your whole life and if you are wise, you will seek the source of that light and you will end, you will end with your knees before the king. The lie is that darkness will win out. That's the lie that the enemy will try and bring especially in your times of difficulty, failure and times where you're in struggle. He'll try and come in and say, you can't defeat this. This is too much for you. This is who you are. This is how you are. And and the, the, the subtle passive lie underneath is that given enough time, darkness will win. And he wants to convince your mind of this because he wants your spirit to give up. And when you're in the middle of difficulty, you might be tempted to listen to your feelings or even to listen to your logic, certainly to listen to that spirit that says darkness will win. The Spirit tries to say that, that if there is depression, it will end in suicide. Or if there is addiction, it will always be unbreakable. That Spirit tries to come in and, and even say if there's a moment of failure, that's now your life. Failed. It tries to take an area where darkness has not been fully vanquished yet and say that will grow and that will win. And you have to be very, very careful where you place your belief in those moments because you will have dark nights of the soul and you will go through grief and trial and difficulty. I'm not saying that you won't walk through darkness, but I am saying this, that in the end, the destiny of darkness is to be defeated. It was always supposed to lose. The enemy tries to make it like it's stronger and bigger and badder and greater than you. But in reality, that simple little star over Bethlehem was to grow brighter and brighter and brighter. And year upon year, more salvations, year upon year, more growth until he arrives in the fullness of his brightness (laughs) The first time he arrives, it's with one star, but the next time he arrives, he brings the whole sun, the whole universe, the whole army of heaven's angels, and he brings it as a statement to say darkness is about to be destroyed. And I'm here to tell you today that if you are in that place where you are believing the lie that darkness will win over your life, know this. There are people in this room, maybe sitting right next to you, that have overcome the very thing that is currently overwhelming you. There are people in this room that have walked their way out of those dark places, that have overcome those things that seem like they're impossible to overcome. There are people in this room that once were living in the land of deep, deep darkness, but now they're walking in light. And if there's hope for them, there's hope for you. Jesus is the hope of the world. Jesus is the one that will walk with you through the valley, through the difficulty, through the darkness, through the trials and despair. But trust God that when light pierces darkness, it will not stop until darkness is defeated. The Bible tells us there were shepherds in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night, isolated, alone, living in the land of darkness. The Bible says the angels appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. When when God came, he brought brightness with his coming. And they were so afraid, shocked, and fearful. They had become so accustomed to darkness that this level of light was something they couldn't comprehend. And the angel had to say, fear not, for I bring good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus came to establish a new kingdom, a new freedom. He came to bring the kingdom of light for you. See, that night light intervened and darkness began to crumble. And and make no mistake, darkness lashed back out. You know, like the whole goal of the enemy was to snuff out that light as soon as it could. King Herod tried to snuff out the light of Christ at a young age, and he had all the male children under two destroyed and killed, but violence could not stop that light. Then then Satan came and tempted Jesus when he was at his most vulnerable. And, and, And Jesus, every physical aspect of Jesus, the logic would be to give in. But the Bible says he overcame and withstood by the power of the word of God. And so the light was not snuffed out. And so on the day of his crucifixion, death took its final shot and thought, maybe now I will extinguish this flame that is ever growing. But we know that after three days, that light was not snuffed out. And the stone was rolled away. And the angels descended. And the disciples saw the revelation of the man who brought light. And it's with that authority... Over the spirit of violence, over the power of temptation, even over the final plague of death, Jesus arrives and says, I've come to establish a new order. Today is the day of light. He's the sole source. And his goal is to bring life into your life. The light of Christ overcomes the darkness of death, and it brings life to those who follow him. Today, my question is, do you follow him and do you walk in that light? Maybe some of you here have settled with darkness. You used to walk in it, you dabble with it, but now you live in it and you don't know how to get out. Maybe it's overtaken your mind, maybe it's overtaken your body, but most importantly, maybe it's overtaken your spirit. Today, Jesus wants to set you free from living under that oppression. This is salvation. That light begins to pierce that darkness. And so in a moment, we're going to pray for salvation. If you need to repent and turn, I believe that the light of life will enter your, your, it will enter your life right here and right now, and your, your path will grow brighter until that day of fullness. But maybe you're here, and maybe you're saved, but there's still areas of your life where darkness reigns. Today, we're going to take that, and we're going to submit it to Jesus. We're going to be honest about it. I'm going to say, God, here's an area that I have allowed. Here's an area that I don't know what to do with. Here's an area I don't know how to contend with. But your promise is light. So, Lord, bring it into this area. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.